Back here on the Northland Sports Page, hour number two, Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. We hope Chad Greenway will be along eventually. So far, we're 0 for 2 in trying to contact him. We're 0 for 2 for his last two appearances, but we are batting a 1,000 with our sponsors, Dave Cook. Absolutely. Before I go there, Brian, I want to say, you know, it's a Saturday night in Duluth in the fall. There's probably a couple weddings going on downtown here. Right. You are like disc jockey guy. Like I they, am. They should be calling you and say, Brian, I listen to the I listen to the radio show. And your ins and outs with the music is so good, we'd like you to come disc jockey our wedding. You know, we get comments like that. And as a sports talk show, I never know how to take that. When somebody says, hey, I listen to the show. I love the music. Uh, Well, we talk for an hour and 40-some minutes. So if you love the music, does that mean we should be canceled? Or what does that mean? But with our sponsors, cancellation not going to happen. Well, see, that's the best thing about having sponsors. All right. Um, So we'll start out with Arola Architecture Studio. You know, we talk about presenting sponsors and all that stuff when we talk in, our, in different parts of our lives uh, where there's, where there's, you know, striations. Uh, Aurora is right at the top of what we do here. Um, Hoops Brewing, OAR Holding, Krause Heating and Cooling, your carrier HVAC authorized dealer, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, the Blackwoods Group, including their locations on London Road, in Proctor and into Harbors, Blackwater downtown, and Tavern on the Hill up by the colleges. Avenue 45. Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, and Comfort Systems. Absolutely. Welcome back, Comfort Systems, and thank you very much for so many of those sponsors that you listed off that have been with us for such a long time, led by Arola Architecture Studio that's been with us from the beginning. We'll do drawing lines to close the show. Dave Cook, here's a question that I've gotten a lot and I posed a lot, and I want to know your answer to it, and it's something that is basically just part of life. Do you want the good news or the bad news first? Well, I'm the person that always takes the bad news first because I have something to look forward to. Okay. So the bad news is I doubt we're going to get a hold of Chad Greenway again. That's two in a row where things have just gone awry. The good news is we were going to talk bikes with him, and we got Vincey Glenn to close the show. Yes. The other bit of good news is, in my opinion, you can certainly dispute it if you'd like. Professionally, the Twins are a bigger deal right now. You've got a winless football team, and you've got a playoff-ready baseball team. So with Chad Greenway unexpectedly giving us this window, it's an opportunity to talk Twins a little bit further if you'd like. I I do, because I think there's a lot of interesting things that are going on uh, with this roster, which, again, both of us have said, and and I made a mistake earlier, Brian. No! I know, right? Get out! By the way, I limp. If we're breaking news here on the radio. (laughs) I I, I forgot to bring up the Bomba squad. I was very excited for them in the playoffs. Yes. Anyways, all right. So uh, I think that this team, this roster is made to win. But there's one fly in the ointment. And he's probably been my favorite Twins player for the last seven, eight years, even though he's not. Because you've been bound and determined to have him as your favorite. There's no reason to. Yes, that is correct. Um, But it's Buxton. So Buxton's playing down in St. Paul doing the imaginary games, whatever they call them. Right, the simulated games. That's what it is. Yes. what if he comes out healthy enough to DH? I mean, Rocco well, and the and the Twins are going to say, hey, you know let what? Let me answer your question with a question. Mm-hmm. If he's healthy enough to DH, but that's all Royce Lewis is also healthy enough to do, I'm not putting Byron Buxton as my DH. Let's say Royce is just not ready to go. Well, that's different. Is it, though? Because I don't know if I want Buxton on the roster for the playoff if all he can do is DH. 
because the but what round are we in? Because you can do the wild card roster and the divisional roster differently. Well, let's just start this week. I don't know if I want Buxton on this roster because he's gonna he'll take first of all he'll take bats from Julian, right? Who's been as good a hitter as they've had in the second half. But don't forget, Jorge Polanco had ankle soreness last night. Does mm-hmm. does Edward Julian get forced to play the field now? Um, that's the problem if you run Buxton out there, even if uh, the rest of your ball team that's on the field is not having ankle struggles, right? The idea that you can have Byron Buxton healthy and in center field makes this team fantastically better. But if he's not healthy enough to play the outfield on a team that he really hasn't played the outfield with and have actually gotten better with him not playing because players knew where they were supposed to be and there wasn't that anchor in the middle of the lineup, I don't know if we can have him on the roster. I think he messes things up. It's interesting because it's not as though the Twins have an embarrassment of riches, but they have a lot of guys that are kind of at the same, I'll say level, because I don't want to say plateau and have it be a bad thing. But they have a lot of guys that are good, not great. And the good news with that is there's not a huge drop-off. But the bad news with that is we just talked about in the opening topic, you need leaders, you need superstars. They have them on paper. They haven't had them statistically speaking. Right, and it's it's just difficult when a guy that you want to say is one of the you know your favorite twins in a long long time, when he could be the guy that really messes up the 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 lineup with the roster, you know if if he doesn't come if he comes back and hits two o two with a home run every so often, like run Joey Gallo out there he can do those things and he's probably healthier. I mean the batting averages aren't all that much different, Brian. The home runs aren't all that much different. The strikeouts aren't all that much different, and one can at least play first and left field. The other one can't. Because you brought up Joey Gallo, can we take a moment to marvel at what this team did? Because, yes, they struck out the most batters as a pitching staff in quite some time for the Twins. But they struck out at a major league record rate and still won a division Mm -hmm. and still will likely win, let's say, 87 games. Yep. And, and, And maybe, maybe positively one playoff game, right? You know, here's something that I want to ask you as a as a baseball fanatic, a longtime baseball fan, and those people that are listening to us as well. You remember Dave Kingman? I do. So Dave Kingman, when I was growing up, was kind of a joke, right? He was that guy who every team you know wanted because maybe he'd run into one every so often and hit it a mile, but he struck out all the time. He could never get on base. He was kind of cranky. You know, he played a lot of places because. He played a lot of places because he wore it as welcome. So I looked at a, at, a, at his line, one of his last lines in Milwaukee. He hit 250 with 47 home runs and 100 and 100 some odd RB or RBI, and he had 155 strikeouts and he walked like 94 times. Do you know how much money Dave Kingman would make? Would make in he'd be a stud today? right now. Yeah, we would be talking if if you had Dave Kingman's career in today's day and age, you know what we'd be talking about? Is Dave Kingman a Hall of Famer? We always talk about ahead of their time or born too late. Mm-hmm. Dave Kingman picked the wrong era to play in. Right. If he's twenty years younger, we're going, Yeah, I know he only hit two twenty. I know he struck out all the time. But he averaged Brian forty five home runs a year. I mean, he's gotta be HOF bound. Speaking of HOF bound, I want to kind of go off on a tangent here because his career is winding down. Miguel Cabrera has basically a weekend worth of games left. Yep. And he's got milestone after milestone, and he's been one of the most fun personalities in the game, period. Yep. As he leaves, and it's awesome that he's taking a front office position with Detroit. 
where do you put him in players of your era in terms of one of the best? He's right there. I mean, the thing about Cabrera is is he so Barry Bonds is the probably the best hitter we've seen, right? Because he could do it all steroids or not. Barry could do anything he wanted on a baseball field. The difference is is that Cabrera did it, and as far as we know, and and there's no reason to think elsewise, he did it with absolutely no juice. And he hit for power, and he hit RBIs, and he got on base all the time, and he won a triple crown, and he did it in a ballpark that's not necessarily conducive to hitting because Comerica Park in Detroit is a I was going to say, that's field. not a hitter's ballpark at all. Um, and so, That's farmland. That's why, that's why you have to look at Cabrera as one of those – I'll make the argument that he's an inside the he's in that center ring of the Hall of Fame in baseball. Cabrera's in there with guys like Williams, with guys like Mantle, with guys like um, uh, any other. I'm sorry, I'm, it's late. It's past the bedtime, right? It is. It's twenty after eight for you. You think about all those all the players that are at that level. Plus, Greg Maddox. You talked about him earlier. Um, I think Cabrera fits there. I think he belongs there. I think he does. One of the best of a generation. One of the best Vikings of a generation has been Chad Greenway. He's been texting me trying to get back in the mix. I don't like on-air production meetings, but we're going to try it. Let's see if we got him. Chad Greenway, good evening. How are you? Hey, good evening. How are we doing? Oh, there he is. How so you doing, far, my so friend? Good. I'm doing well, guys. Yeah, how are you guys doing? Doing well, doing well. Taking a rarity from the morning to the evening. A little bit of a flip the script for us. Speaking of which, how do the Vikings flip the script on this 0-3 start? Yeah, I mean, look, you have two home games that you basically had to, you had in the grips and you found a way to lose. Um, and you had a road game that was, you know, an almost impossible ask to go out there on a short week and win. So you really look at those two games that you, you could have, you could get back and just look, look at the season frustrated. I mean, the reality is you have to get back on track one game at a time. You cannot win them all at once. You got to keep it simple. You got to, you got to do the right things this weekend. And, you know, on the road, the biggest thing, which has been our biggest issue is you have to take care of the football, take care of the things that you can control. And it starts with that basic fundamental concept of taking care of the ball. Chad Greenway, being a defensive stud that you were for the Vikings, I have to ask you about this because Brian Flores schematically has a fun defense, but this many blitzes being this unsuccessful seems unheard of. What's your take of what you've seen defensively? Yeah, you know, you, you like a more aggressive approach. I've always liked a defense that can kind of dictate some tempo when it comes to the game. Um, but, you know, you really can't get into what he wants to do until you can get off the field and get your team in situations of second and third longs and actually pin your ears back in a situation where you know they have to throw the football and you can run some coverage at them and you can drop into coverage and fake blitz and show blitz. But, you know, the thing about it is it's been such a hard, hard thing for this defense to get off the field in, in situations. So third down defense, you got to start there. And sometimes when you want to get a stop and you need to, you need to kind of buckle down as a defense and say, hey, we need to stand for something. And what is that going to be with this defense? What's our identity defensively? And uh, I think they need to find that these next couple of weeks. They need to find it this weekend as far as, like, we're going to go on the road and we're going to, we're going to dictate the tempo. We're going to get off the field and we get a chance. And, and, again, cause some turnovers is just the biggest key. If you can go into somebody's stadium, get rid of the crowd by taking the ball away, giving it back to your high-powered offensive hands and letting them go to work, man, that can really, can really impact your team. So, Chad, before you jumped on, Brian asked me a really interesting question about... Um, I do that occasionally. Every, well, it's night. You do it more often in the evening. I mean, it's, it's kind of good that way that we're doing this. Uh, he was talking about Miguel Cabrera. And if Miguel Cabrera, you know, is one of the best players that 
you know, even the even the you know the kids right now might overlook. When you were playing ball, was there a player that you just kind of sat back and you went, "This guy is one of the best players I've ever seen, and he doesn't draw attention to himself, and nobody ever really talks about him." Yeah, I mean, you look at a guy like his name, like a Brian Westbrook, uh, a yeah. running back for the Eagles, really underrated, really talented, kind of one of those backs that was could do it all. Um, you know, then that, you know, Ladanian Tomlinson comes in and kind of steals the, the spotlight away. And, and, and Tomlinson, to some degree, he got a lot of attention, but I thought he was a really, um, a really good character when it came to the NFL. Just a good guy, kind of unassuming, kind of quiet, didn't, you know, didn't do a lot of crazy things, you know, personally. Um, you know, those two running backs come to mind kind of just right offhand. Um, you know, old linemen in general are always kind of that way. Um, a guy like Matt Ryan um, with the Falcons just kind of quietly did some amazing things. He had a really good arm, and they had a really good offense that, that allowed him to kind of you know use his tool set to his best of his ability. Uh, would be one from the quarterback position that you know just based off numbers. You know, obviously people remember him for the the failure at the Super Bowl, but you know just a number of years of really solid years. Um, you know, a lot of great defensive players. Um, you know, you think about through the years that uh, just kind of you come and go and have these five to 10 year careers where they make such a massive impact and then boom, like a flash in the pan, they're gone. Um, so there's, there's a lot of defensive players that kind of come to mind when you think about that too, but those are a couple offensive guys. Chad, so you started with two great running backs and Brian Westbrook and LaDainian Tomlinson. You talked about backs that are very versatile and can do a lot. The Vikings have a new member of the running back group. What can we expect from Cam Akers given the previous relationship with Kevin O'Connell? Yeah, I mean, the familiarity there is obviously important from the coach uh, to the to the player. I think it's one of those situations where he's going to come and he's going to know the system. It's not going to take him long to acclimate. Uh, coach is going to know where he can put him in and get some success out of him. Um, and again, like, you know, a team that ran the football certainly better last week, you know, nothing better than to go on the road and be able to dictate the tempo of the game and the time of possession. So um, you can see him kind of picking his spots uh, this week with Akers and giving him some touches and just, getting a feel for where he thinks he can fit into this offense because obviously we have a bunch of weapons and, you know, if, this, if they take care of the football, you know, we're going to be just fine offensively. So, Chad, I have to ask you this, and it doesn't pertain to you personally because you were a Viking from start to finish, but I know that you played against former teammates. Adam Thielen tomorrow, is it anything more than a storyline for the revenge factor that the media likes to talk about? Or dealing with former teammates, is that a big deal to some of them? You know, probably a little more so with Adam just because he was, you know, kind of seen as that Viking for life type character from Minnesota, obviously college in Minnesota, and started and kind of with his story is pretty special and unique. So I do think there's some teeth to that specifically. But you have to remember the majority of these guys that are playing for the Vikings now don't know Adam Thielen, never was in a locker room with him. You know, the, all the new guys that came in this year, and maybe you had a couple guys that, that were here last year. But obviously it's, it's not as it's not as it's not as deep down from a player perspective as it is probably from a fan base perspective. So the rivalry piece, you know, I'm sure Adam wants nothing more than to, than to show well against his old team. Um, and, you know, obviously the Vikings want to go in there and get a huge win. So there's, there's, there's a lot of motivation for sure. So Chad, talking about the Vikings current defense and, and we, there's weaknesses everywhere. Actually the running back or the linebacker area is actually pretty, a pretty good area for them. Defensive line, secondary, if they need to start shoring one of those two areas up first, uh, where do you start on a, on a defense? I think you always start with your front. I think you always start with your front seven, and you have to have the ability to stop somebody in the running game and slow them down, you know, get off the field. And, and get, you, know, you get off the field by putting people in third and long situations where 
you can actually get to some of your versatile defenses and your and your blitzes, and you can get your your edge rusher some chances. So, you know, I think it's always a rush to cover type of situation. So you need to shore up your front four, and I think that's where you spend. I think that's where you bring in people. I think that's where you focus on development. And you know, you always have to be getting de- defensive backs in this league because it's a, such a pass heavy off uh, heavy offenses. So one always washes the other's hand. But I think you start with your front and any good. You know, anybody can look good in coverage when that quarterback's on their back. And I think that's the mentality we need to take is we need to get really good up front and we need to be more versatile and we need more volatile on third downs and we need to get guys that can get there. And I think from the interior, you know, you've seen Daniil Leakson have him from the outside. And on one side, you know, love to get him a partner in crime, but we'd love to get some more push from the middle and get some more, some more athleticism up there. So we're talking with Chad Greenway, and Chad, our relationship is obviously multifaceted. I love to talk to you about Vikings football because you're one of my favorites and quite frankly still are, even though you've been out of the league for a while. But we love to talk about prep sports because you've got one of the best apps out there, the MN Scores app. We are halfway through the prep football season for most teams, and then there's volleyball, and there's going to be hockey, and there's going to be basketball. It's about to get really busy. Talk about that great app that I love so much. Yeah, I mean it's a free app, um, so it's it's it's, the, it's priced right for any fans out there. Um, if you are in connected to high school sports in any capacity, if you're an AD, a coach, or if you're a parent or a grandparent, I mean this app makes your life so simple on knowing where to find scores and schedules and rankings and standings and rosters and all sorts of fun stuff. And if you can't make the game live, we have nearly every game covered with a live stream link if it's provided by the school or by a YouTube channel or by NHS, the streaming service. Um, we have that that link directly on the app. So, you know, now we're in football season and volleyball season, two really fun seasons in the fall. Um, and then obviously we're going to go into winter with hockey and hoops and, and just become really, really versatile in the winter and have a lot of fun. And I think that's the, it's fun because you have, you know, you have so many days to check up on the app and in hoops right. and hockey with so many more days a week that games are going on. You have a lot of changes and, you know, just really look. The one thing I like for the football side is you get to see the common opponents and how those teams have done against the teams that, each other have played and that's a lot of fun so so many great features and the best part about it quite honestly is it's fan-based so you you can get on there you can become a a fan leader for your team you can score games you can update the app yourself you can update rosters and make sure it's uh, sort of take pride from a school to school standpoint of who can get their their page on the score on the score feed app looking the best so mn score feed um it is the go-to app for high school sports it is outstanding. Dave, you and I covered a high school football game last night with there. Proctor and Cloquet, and you kind of looked at me like, how did you spout off everybody's record and their game-by-game results so quickly? Guess what? It was Mr. Chad Greenway's app that I was using. 100% <laughs> gold when you are on the radio trying to trying to do a game. It's interesting, Chad, because we were at Proctor's uh, Stadium yesterday, and they have a program in their school that teaches kids how to do everything behind the scenes. So For broadcasting. For broadcasting. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So yesterday we're doing we're doing this game and about halftime the fog starts to roll up the hill from the lake and it by the time so it went to overtime and the the score the overtime score nobody and I mean nobody saw it except for the quarterback one official and the guy who caught the football <laughs> yeah, and just, Brian's like I think something happened because nobody yeah, knows I'll just tell you Chad I said Cloquet wins and I have no idea how I can just tell you that they're celebrating yeah. so the ball made it to the end zone in some way. No, that was yeah, that's funny. a lot of fun. It's high school funny. high school football is so fun because of things like that. Well, high school football is just uh, it's just so pure. It's so it's so much energy behind it. There's so much love for the game from guys and kids. They'll never probably play another down at the next level, and that it's so it matters so much to the community. It matters so much to those kids, and 
you know, it's my, it's my best sport experience, you know, was high school football. It was incredible. And, you know, you, you'll be able to give back to something like that and, and uh, to be a part of it and, and make the game just that much better and more fun and more exciting. You know, it's fun to be a part of it in that way. Chad, I mentioned we have a multifaceted relationship. One of the things with our show moving to the evening tonight, which is very rare, usually we're in the mornings from 10 to noon. And we're in the mornings, Dave and I have tea with every broadcast to coat the throat, help the voice, etc. Tonight I'm calling some audibles for beverages. I'm stuck with uh, Starry, the new imitation Sprite, which I'm just going to tell you, I don't think is very good. But Grey Duck <laughs> does a lot of things that are very good. And you've got the new Nitro Cold Brew. I haven't had it yet, but I'm excited to. Talk about that. Yeah, it's a spiked nitro cold brew. It's made with Caribou Coffee's cold brew. Um, and then obviously our Great Duck product is put in the backside. It's an incredible product. It's probably the most exciting product we've launched to date. Um, so we had a, we've had a big couple of weeks. Um, you know, obviously we have that product coming live. We actually announced a beer, Duck Duck Beer, that's going to support the athletes, the Dinkytown athletes for the Minnesota uh, Golden Gophers. So if you go buy a 12-pack of Duck Duck Beer or a 12-pack of our Fan Pack Seltzer, 20% of that sale goes directly back to Dinkytown athletes to That's help awesome. the collective pay for these NILs, which is such a wild world that people are trying to understand. But um, we're getting behind that pro- that project as well. So that's been a lot of fun. So we have a lot of things going on, a lot of moving parts, and our business is obviously growing. So that's the best part. So uh, thanks for supporting, as always, in more ways than one on the radio, but also as you consume it. So, yeah, go find some of that spiked nitro cold brew. Um, I know we'll be in Duluth sooner for not already. So, uh if you go out there, you're looking for it. Um, it is incredible and uh, wonderful on ice and a great way to get your tailgate started. I like that. I'm taking notes as you're talking to me here. Chad, I know Dave has one more question. I think I know where he's going. But I'm going to close with this because I got a chance to see you up at Duluth East last year. We kind of communicated across the gym, which I enjoyed. And I really enjoyed getting to know Madden because your daughter is not only a class act of a ball player, but a class act of a kid, the way she treated all the adults that put on the game, the game staff, if you will. Can we get a Madden Greenway update? She is an absolute star. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, she's doing great. She's in the middle of soccer season. Uh, I think they're ranked in the top few uh, in Class A in soccer at Providence, so she's enjoying that. She's been a lifelong soccer player, always playing club and until this last year. Um, then obviously moving forward to, to hoop season in the winter. Uh, the fun part for our family is that our next daughter, Beckett, who is in seventh grade, will play varsity this year with Madden. So I have two greenways on the roster, which we're really, really fired up for. Um, and save me some driving trips, which would be nice. Uh-huh. But uh, it'll, be, it'll be fun to have them on the same team. Um, and they'll get to run track together this spring. And, and uh, so, yeah, it's really fun for our family at this point. And just going to be more and more fun as the years go by. So looking forward to another great finish of fall sports with soccer and then moving to basketball. And um, her recruiting has gone great. So lots of fun opportunities in front, in front of her. You can almost hear the fatherly pride beaming from Chad Greenway. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, I just and and this might be too big of a question for the amount of time for the last one. Yeah, yeah. Um, PJ came out with a a couple of statements last week about the NIL, and I wanted your take on his idea that without a healthy NIL, the Gophers become a Triple A transfer school. Um, what's if you your, watch the Northwestern game, they already were. Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> what's your take on, on uh, the NIL is too big for this conversation, but I'm wondering what your take on PJ's statement that no money and all of a sudden it becomes the old St. Cloud State. Well, here's the, I mean, the reality in PJ's comments are that the, the way that the NIL and the, these collectives, so a collective is produced by the school 
to live kind of hand in hand with the school to help raise money for these athletes to kind of keep them there. And what's going to happen is obviously the haves and haves nots are going to separate on where the athletes are going to go. I think, I think a program like Minnesota, I think a program like my alma mater, Iowa is going to win by saying we need to get the kids that want to be here and not because they want to be here and get paid more money. So I think what you need to do is you need to create a floor, a base where, where kids are going to come in and they're going to receive some compensation for being a part of the program. And part of that is through the collective. And I think, you know, the collective's job is to be out raising funds, you know, finding ways to get this, make this happen, make partnerships with, with the local businesses, but at the same time, find ways to actually produce money themselves. And that's where this beer comes in. So if you're a Golden Gopher fan and you want to win in this, in this NAL and collective age, is, is quite honestly, the only way you know how is to go buy our 12-pack and drink it. You're going to go buy beer anyways. You're going to go buy seltzer anyways. Go buy ours. It's excellent. And, you know, hate to be self-serving on that, but the reality is it's going to help these collectives raise money and, and help PJ keep some kids here. There is nothing wrong with that. We're bumping you out with some three-dog night. The song is one. The Vikings are looking for victory number one tomorrow. Chad Greenway, no appearance by you has ever been bad. It's been tremendous. I love talking to you. Let's do this again as soon as we can. You bet. Thanks a lot for having me, guys, and good night. Absolutely. That is Chad Greenway joining us in the evening. You got to love it. When we come back, we've done Twins Awards throughout the season. The regular season is over tomorrow. We give our end-of-year Twins season awards when we come back. Stick around. The Twins have swung their way into the playoffs starting on Tuesday. The question is, what happens now? Historically, it's been a lot of losses. Let's see if that can be broken. We got to give out some awards. We want to give them better awards if they win a playoff game or two. Series or two would be awesome. But who got them there? We're about to talk about that. Who's your Twins MVP for the season? Oh, so you were, that's actually, we're ready to go here now. Yes. All right. So Dave is now connected back into the show. Um, Always good to hear. The, the MVP on this roster, um, you know, uh, there have been so many players that have done good things. And I really don't want to give it to a pitcher. I, I really don't want to. But I, with Korea has been Korea except he hasn't hit real well, right? Uh, I'm going to give it to Sonny Gray because I think Sonny Gray is the adult on the team. I think he says the stuff that needs to be said because who's going to, you know, Sonny Gray. If you right. don't want me, I'll go be. Who else a, are you going to listen to? I'll be a number two someplace else in a minute. Um, I think the MVP on the team is Sonny Gray. Wow. All right. So I'm going to go with the position player, but I challenge you to name what position that is because I'm going to give it to Willie Castro because this season has been good. But this season has been about finding a Band-Aid or finding a replacement for this player, this player, this player, and this player. And forever, I said, well, it's Michael A. Taylor because this franchise is supposed to revolve around Byron Buxton, and Byron Buxton hasn't been there, and Michael A. Taylor has. But then the third baseman got hurt. Then the left fielder got hurt. The center fielder is always hurt. Position, Position du jour is always hurt. Willie Castro, to his credit or discredit, has also been hurt. But he's been the solution to everything. Yeah, You have to give it to him. He, he should uh, get the flex tape award. Right. The, the guys that can put a piece of tape on that plastic tub and it stops the water from coming out. Right. That's, that's him. Like he's, He takes care of all those of At all times those it might have been putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound, but darn it, he did it. He did it, yeah. All right, so I'm intrigued by your Cy Young because your MVP already went to a pitcher. Yeah, I, I, but I wouldn't. I don't. I don't consider Sonny really their their best pitcher. I don't either. I think he's their best adult in the room. 
right? And the best leader, perhaps. Sounds like a good fantasy football team name. Go ahead. <laughs> right. Well, or a mediocre fantasy football. It's a good league. name. I don't Depends, know about the yeah. team. Yes. Um, I, the, the Cy Young got traded for Louise Arai. Yes, it did. And, uh, you know, he's shown the ability to do those things you want a starting pitcher to do. Go deep, strike people out, um, face off against other teams, number one, and not flinch. He So Sonny Gray, I think, is the reason that this Twins team didn't fall apart because I honestly think he's the guy in the locker room saying the stuff. But the reason they're dangerous in the playoffs is Pablo Lopez. Pablo Lopez. So I was worried about timing because it wouldn't be a Northland sports page if we weren't, but this will get us right back on schedule because this is one of those categories where I can go, yep, because this is Jefferson Diggs Major League Baseball style. This is two teams that benefited. Miami may darn well get into the wild card spot. They've definitely got the batting champion. The Twins are into the playoffs, and they've got the best pitcher on their team. Everybody wins. Everybody won. That's true. All right. So the other side, the Anthony Young. Who's the pitcher where you go, he's in, we lost? Okay. So I'm going to – this is the first time it's I've ever done this, right? And it goes back to my belief that all relievers – are just failed starters. So we get crazy about relievers, and the reason they're relievers Can is they I just used ask, to be a starter. If you're picking Griffin Jacks, this is going to speed along again. No, I'm not. Okay. I'm actually picking the kid who is now the soup de jour awesome bullpen guy, and that's Louis Varlin. Louis Varlin, when he was a starter here, was eh. Right. You know, he was, oh, he's going to be good, and he's not. I guess he's not terrible. He's not great. Um, but when he went down, I said to you, I said, we may never see Louis Varlin in a Twins uniform again. And uh, he picked uh, up the bullpen where his 90-mile-an-hour fastball plays at 96, and his slider, which was flat because he wanted to throw it 100 times, all of a sudden has bite because he only has to throw it 14 times. Uh, He's my Anthony Young as a starter. He's more Delman Young as a reliever, the guy that came in out of nowhere and delivered. Let's hope it's for more than one year. All right, so mine is Griffin Jacks simply because I know he can be good, but he hasn't found that in a while, and I don't think he trusts his stuff, and that's a problem. The other problem is how can you be a reliever and lose 10 games? Yeah, that's I don't care work. what situation you're thrown into, and high leverage, low leverage, leverage be damned. You lose 10 games as a reliever. Now, your guy on score north, Declan or whatever his name is that hates Duluth, doesn't want the guy on the playoff roster. Congratulations, you're 12. I'm not going to go yeah, that far. Exactly, exactly. But 10 losses as a reliever, that takes some effort, positive or negative. He's my Anthony Young. Well, you know that pitchers, bullpen guys who used to win, you know, you get a bullpen guy with 10 wins, he, they'd always call him the vulture, right? Because he'd come in and, and get Tony Fiore used to yes. do that. What's the guy that comes in and does what uh, Jax has done? It's certainly not a vulture. What, what kind of animal is that? I don't know. What what animal comes up short? I'm not I'm not a good or National cost, Geographic guy. Costs the rest of the the uh, the pack, right? Whatever who, animal who screwed up chasing. Wild Kingdom. <laughs> so speaking of screwing up, how about not screwing up? Who's been your most pleasant surprise? And we got to keep moving. All right, my my most pleasant surprise has been the infield. As, as you, it's tough to do a position player, right? Because there's been so much tumult. I mean. It's probably Julian, but he doesn't play second base all that much. I think it's the infield as a whole, like Farmer. He's you know he he got hurt bad to start right. with. He's back. You know Polanco has worked back from injury and is still injured. Kirilov was injured. He's back. I mean, the the infield for as many spots in this season that they could have just fallen apart and had reason to never did. And so it's tough to give for me. It's tough to give it to a. Uh, I want to give it to that conglomerate. 
All right, so I am going to give it to uh, because it's Ryan Jeffers. When did this kid get good? The whole reason that Christian Vasquez is here is because they weren't sold on Ryan Jeffers as a catcher. Now, defensively, Vasquez might be better. It's not by a lot. Yeah. Offensively, Jeffers is better by a lot. Yeah, I think Vasquez's only huge advantage is handling pitchers. Like, I think that defensively, like you said, they're kind of a wash, and it's not even close on, at the plate. So, yeah, I agree with you. He's a play, He's been a very pleasant surprise. That's true. All right, who's your biggest disappointment? The other guy. Vasquez? Vasquez. Okay. Because <laughs> when, they, when they signed Vasquez, man, they, they put that on the front page of the paper. Right, we got this guy who's won championships. Was the guy behind the plate, defensive this, defensive that. Had some really good offensive stuff, and he just phew, disappeared. All right, so mine is tongue in cheek, but you'll get it. My biggest disappointment is that Max Kepler's first half was nowhere near his second half, because if we do this whole segment and we don't mention him, he's carried them in half number two. Yes, but truth be told, had we done the reverse, they wouldn't have made the playoffs, and we would still be going. Yeah, but man, he was really good to start with. Um, so I'll take this where he was lousy and then he's worked to the point now where he's going to play in the, in the playoffs in an important role in the outfield. Um, good for him because for three years he's been bad, but he's been absolutely great. We need this version for the playoffs. We need this version for years to come. Yep. Still to come, the final segment. Vincey Glenn, stick around. We'll be right back. We can go where we want to as well here on the Northland Sports page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. When the safety dance plays, it means our favorite safety's here. And you get to be with them this time, Dave Cook. Absolutely. Vincey's all of a sudden on the show more than I am. I mean, That's true. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Last segment and there's three of us. Go it's figure. It's fantastic to be here and visit with Vincey. I missed this opportunity. But, hey, when, when the job calls, you got to go. And I haven't had to miss him because I'll tell you what. Last Sunday when the Chargers capped off that win against the Vikings, Vency and I had a conversation that goes like this. Vency calls me and says, we're not going to talk about Kirk Cousins on your show anymore. I'm over it. And that was the end of the conversation. So I don't know if you want to start there or live up to that, but Vency, they need to find a win somewhere. Does it happen tomorrow? And good evening to you. Uh, good evening. And yes, it does happen tomorrow. If they, if they don't beat Carolina, then there's a locker room issue. Uh, if you look at across the board, they're better. This is a team, uh, Carolina, I'm speaking of, that's trying to find their identity. Got a young quarterback, you know, just a young team trying to find their identity. And if you can't go on the road and beat those kind of teams, don't worry about coming to the NFC and going to Philadelphia or San Francisco to win. Such an interesting point, Brian. And something that a, a fan probably would never notice is that the team itself is is rotting from the inside, if you think about it, if you're talking about locker room. And that kind of goes back to my question here. Uh, Vincey, you know, KOC came out and he said, listen, we're going on Amazon and we're buying all kinds of stuff that we're going to throw at players when they have footballs in their hands so they don't fumble. Is there any way that you can help a player um, – learn not to fumble when they're in the NFL. Well, I mean, when they're 12, you can have them carry a football around all day, but is there a way to set that mindset again? <laughs> hey, if there was a way to help a player to overcome basis achievements of, uh, of being a professional athlete, then they would have bought gloves <laughs> for Shaq a long time ago to shoot free throws. Oh, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yep. <laughs> you work to get better. They have gloves that are like stick them in crazy glue nowadays, Okay. The guys I played against didn't wear all them stick them in crazy glue gloves because they weren't the prototypes weren't that good back then. So they had great hands. If you're dependent on the glove to hold on to the ball, which is your job to do, 
then your mind and your focus ain't in, in the right place and you're looking for excuses already. And professional athletes don't do excuses. So, Brian, when I heard that, I was in the car with Dana. And, uh, you know, they came up, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And I said, oh, man, I would love to be sitting here with Vancey and have him listen to that at the same time I do and get his initial reaction on on what I thought was kind of a dumb statement. It's just, it's, 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 it's excuses, man. You're paid to hold on to the ball, period. That's your job. And now you're saying we got to do extra things to kind of learn how to hold on to the ball. If you practice in preseason and you train hard, you won't fumble the ball. But if you don't practice hard in, in preseason and training camp, you're probably going to fumble the ball a lot in during the season because you're not going to be used to protecting your, the ball and yourself at the same time. Venzi, I think that's very fair. I want to talk to you about the winless teams in the NFL because there are four of them, and they're paired off tomorrow. The Broncos and the Bears play each other. The Vikings and the Panthers play each other. It looks like the Vikings don't belong, but here we are. Do you put the Vikings in as rough of shape as those other three? Yeah, because that's what their record says. You are your record. And here's the reality, if you really think about it, D.C. and Byrne. Go back to last year. They won, what, eight, nine games with less than one score game? There were one score games, I believe. Right. right. That was, they could have switched on them last year. They could have been struggling, but they won real close games last year. Those close games this year are losses. That's the difference. And that's what you have to address. And they're playing to whatever their record is. If they haven't beat anybody they played, that's how good they are. Yeah. It's, that's it. I mean, Fancy had said it earlier. It's, it's kind of a testament to the locker room. You know, if, if you've won all those games last year, you know, your locker room had a lot to do with that. And I do yeah. worry, Brian, you asked me that question earlier. Is this a locker room thing? Not not uh, these losses. Are they a locker room thing? And after listening to Vincey, the answer to that might just be yes. That's very fair. So, Vincey, you predicted the win tomorrow. We've only got time for one more question because timing is everything and the timing was rough today. Uh-huh. What What needs to happen tomorrow to make that victory possible? It can't be as simple as just hang on to the ball, or is it? They need to go in there and establish the run, and then they'll open up the pass. Because you get them safeties thinking about the run, they'll, they'll come up and Jefferson will have a field day. We'll have an absolute field day. So I think they just need to go in there and, and run the ball and then try to establish a run and get the offensive line off their heels. Real quick, real uh, example. The same thing is happening to the Vikings that happened to the Padres with Tatis last year. When he came back this year, they're not as good, and they were better without him than they are with him. I'll just say that. That's a great analogy. I appreciate that very much. I guarantee you we'll talk in some way tomorrow. You are the best. I love talking to you. Have a good rest of your weekend. Thanks, Vince. All right, D.C. Brian, be good, pal. Thank you, guys. All right, that is our guy, Vincey Glenn. Thank you to Dave Hoops. Thank you, Vincey Glenn. Thank you, Chad Greenway. Thank you, Dave Cook. Thank you, Brian. What a nice night. Our night is over. We're back in the morning next week. We're the Northland Sports Page. Have a great weekend. Skull Vikes tomorrow. Time for two more. Follows Vikings fan line. I'll talk to you then. Have a good weekend.